It's good to be with you this morning, and I hope and pray that we have a wonderful time in looking at God's Word together. I want to go to the Lord in prayer at this time, and we'll be looking in in Matthew chapter 18 once again as we finish up this chapter today. Uh, Matthew chapter 18, beginning in verse 21 as we began last week and uh, ending with verse 35, but uh, we'll just briefly talk about the first few verses, uh, bringing you up to par on that, and then we will focus in on the parable that Jesus mentioned to get across his point. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I just want to thank you for your love and grace, and may your grace and its sufficiency touch our lives, our minds, and our hearts in the way that will bring honor and glory to your name, for I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. As we uh, come to chapter 18, we've seen the, uh, uh, the Lord talk about the concern that he had for his uh, sheep and his, uh, his uh, ones, uh, believing ones who were part of his kingdom. And then uh, we uh, moved from there into the discipline of a straying believer and and uh, I think that he brought this concern about the 99 plus one sheep out first because he wanted the people, uh, the disciples to understand the concern when he went into the discipline part of it because it wasn't revenge, it wasn't uh, getting even with someone, it was uh, going to that person out of concern and trying to bring them back into fellowship with him and so uh, now we talk about forgiveness Peter's had all of this mentioned to him he had the teaching of the Sermon on the Mount and all of this is running in his mind and and the other disciples minds I'm sure and so Peter comes and to the Lord and he says uh, uh, Lord how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him and uh, up to seven times and that was pretty good for that day and time because I think the limit was primarily with the Pharisees and all was around three times and so he thought he was doing pretty good and and it wasn't a silly question silly in some ways but uh, not for him and the other disciples they wanted to know uh, you know Lord what is right and of course Jesus told him you know not seven times but uh, 70 uh, times seven 490 in other words it wasn't a number that Jesus was uh, uh, concerned about there it was uh, telling him that we're to forgive infinitely Uh, we're to continually to forgive we're not to keep a ledger of uh, wrongs done against us and just like he has forgiven us through his grace and he doesn't keep that ledger Uh, by way of us coming to the cross and being forgiven for all of our sins, uh, not deserving it, but yet because of his grace and his mercy he forgives us, then he wants us also as children of God to demonstrate that same kind of grace before other people that have offended us. And so he uh, really hits it on the head with a uh, a parable here in in verses uh, 23 and following. And he, he, uh, he says in verse 23, For this reason the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a certain king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. And when he had begun to settle them, 
there was brought to him one who owed him 10,000 talents. But since he uh, did not have means to repay, his Lord commanded him to be sold along with uh, his uh, wife and children and all he had and repayment to be made. So the slave fell before him uh, saying, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And the Lord uh, of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. But that slave went out and uh, found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And he seized him and began to choke him and uh, said, pay back what you owe. So his fellow slave fell before him and began to entreat him saying, have patience with me and I will repay you. But he was unwilling, however, to uh, allow grace to be uh, given to this person. And instead, he went and threw him in prison until he should pay back what he was owed. So his fellow slaves saw what had happened, and they were deeply grieved and came and reported it to the Lord, uh, all that had happened. Then summoning him, his Lord said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you entreated me. Should you not also have mercy on your fellow slave, even as I had mercy on you? And his Lord moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed him. So shall my heavenly Father who uh, uh, also do to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from his heart. So we're going to look at this in different scenes, if you will. And uh, this is a parable, and sometimes you can take a parable and the story and and narrated into a movie type uh, scene. And so the first scene here is a man with a hopeless case. I mean, if you look at it, uh, you'll see this. Look at it closely. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. This was an audit being brought to the slaves. And when he had begun to settle them, one who owed him this is the key, 10,000 talents was brought to him. Now this story, as I said, starts with an audit. In other words, it starts with a surprise. And this surprise is the audit. The man uh, that he's talking to, uh, the slave here, owed him 10,000 talents. Now, uh, you know, some say the amount that he owed the owner was as much as $3 billion dollars today others say 66 million and some as low as uh, 10 million but that's not the point the point is as one writer put it so well the servant owes the king an astonishingly large amount of money 10,000 talents a talent was probably worth around 6,000 drachmas or denarii and a laborer was paid a denarius a day. Thus a laborer would have to work 60 million days or roughly 193,000 years to earn this much money. But the amount is hyperbole. It is an expression, suggestion, and unimaginably 
large amount intended to contrast with the relatively small amount owed uh, from his servant uh, that he also uh, could not pay. And uh, he did not forgive. And so we need to remember that uh, what Peter had asked earlier, and that was concerning forgiveness and how Jesus replied. Jesus told Peter not to count in other words, he wasn't telling him count up to 490. That was ridiculous. He was saying, don't count how many times you forgive your offender. It's not in counting that. Just keep forgiving. Don't look for the number. Don't keep the ledger. In other words, it's infinite. It is an exaggeration to make a point here. And the point is that there is no earthly way man can repay his debt, especially to God. This is the emphasis here, and it's uh, so far beyond man's ability to replace it. So this slave was in big trouble, and the king is ready to settle his account. And so there is no way under heaven that this man is ever going to be able to repay the king in his lifetime. Now the th natural thing that the king was to, uh, going to do uh, was to sell him off and get what he could uh, out of, you know, get something from all this loss and just write off the loss. But the creditor comes to the debtor and says, you owe such a great debt and can't pay, you will be put in prison and, or, or your family will be sold. And the debtor, uh, you know, he, uh, he cried out and he said, please be patient with me. I will pay back everything. You, the debtor could have been a, we don't know what he was. He could have been a CEO uh, for the owner. And uh, that would seem that uh, he would have had access to the, uh, the money that the uh, owner had. And he, he would have been robbing him greatly. In other words, he would have been embezzling his riches. We see this going on often today in our lifetime where people embezzle the company, embezzle money from the company. And uh, now we see that he is caught like so many people have been in the past uh, in our day and time. He's brought on, to, uh, on the carpet and we see that it didn't just affect him, but it also affected his family. And that's the sad thing about it. When we embezzle, when we steal, when we take what is not ours and, and we, uh, uh, you know, we misuse it or we uh, use it for our own uh, personal benefit, we affect so many other lives, not just our lives. So the creditor had, uh, and this is the amazing thing, this is the, the thing that you would not think because here's a king and you wouldn't expect him to act in this way because this is not how you run a kingdom you would think he had pity on him and said let him go we'll just write it off and he did not say you know pay me with interest by selling your family I'm going to get something out of it until you can pay me back the, uh, as much as you can uh, he his answer had no strings attached to it you are forgiven everything uh, you know isn't this is such a story that uh 
has so many wonderful insights to it and so many beautiful principles uh, of grace just connected to it. Uh, this is a story that uh, shows how we are in God's kingdom. We're all embezzlers. Uh, and you say, well, how might we be embezzlers? Well, maybe it's with the way the money we handle, that we make, that we have. We forget who allowed us to have the health that we have and the work that we had and, or have and, and the retirement or whatever it might be uh, uh, that we, uh, we're blessed with. We forget who made all that possible. We start thinking about ourselves, and we start thinking that, you know, it's, it's us who did it, and we, it's our talents. But we forget that God gave us those talents. And, and so, in turn, what do we do? Well, we're, we're not, first of all, we may not be very good stewards with the money that we have, and, and we may get into all kind of debts. And, and uh, then also, we may decide, well, you know, I don't have to tithe. I don't have to give to the Lord. When the Lord says that, you know, if we uh, don't tithe, then we're robbing from God, uh, from Malachi, he tells us this. Maybe it's our life that God has given us. We take it for granted. We live any old way we want to. And, and uh, with our life, our possessions, our wealth, our time, we've squandered them by using them only for uh, desires uh, that we have and, and uh, wants that we have instead of the way that God would have us to use it. And we haven't used it wisely. Opportunities and talents are another thing God's given us. We embezzle those so often by not using them for God and His glory. We can honestly say that every one of us will stand before God uh, just like this man. And we're embezzlers. Uh, some of us will receive rewards at uh, uh, the reward uh, uh, judgment seat and others will not that could have received certain rewards. Uh, so many times when things start hitting the fan, when things begin to become difficult, when there's a reckoning for the wrong that we've done, then is the time that we start recognizing God and then is the time we start remembering God and then is the time that we start begging God for more time to pay it back. How often have we seen someone who, you know, has just squandered their, their whole life away and lived any old way that they wanted to and then they become sick and and maybe it's, uh, you know, not with a fatal, fatal disease, but they're in the hospital and, and they're worried about it. And so who do they call? They call God. They call on God. They want God to help them. And, and they say, boy, if you just get me out of this, you know, I'll change my life. Or maybe someone who has uh, just squandered their life away and, and they have some kind of fatal disease. And then all of a sudden... It's God. God, if you'll just heal me one more time, uh, you know, I'll, I'll serve you and I'll serve you faithfully. I'll get serious about living for you. Or, you know, God, if you'll give me this job, uh, this job that I'm applying for, I don't have any work and I need to, to get this job because, uh, it, you know, it pays well. And, and if you'll let me get this money, then I'll start tithing again. And we just go on and on and on and on. The sad thing about it is that 
uh, what we do is we just, re- once we uh, maybe are healed or once we're maybe given that job or once we're uh, allowed to uh, do this or do that, uh, those statements are just feel- were filled with folly because uh, we may serve for a little while and then we're back to the old way if we're not careful. And the impact of the words we speak, you know, they, they just never really meant anything. We can never, uh, you know, uh, really uh, believe in that person because that person, and you can imagine how God is as he looks at us and we don't, uh, we don't mean what we say. He knows exactly what we're doing. Like Judas Iscariot, who found this out when he betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. He tried to give it back then. But in the process, he learned that it was easier to take than to give. You know, we can thank God that God's merciful and gracious in his dealings with us. God always stands beside us as sinners when we have an unimaginable debt that we could never repay and says you're freely forgiven in Jesus Christ. No strings attached. I forgive you as a confessing, submitted believer. That is God's lavish grace poured out in our lives. And we are in, uh, as we are in God's family, we're to, you know, we, we realize that we don't deserve this and we should remember this and, and because of this, we should also forgive those who have sinned against us. Now this doesn't mean that, that we're just to, uh, you know, pat them on the back and, and we're to just allow no uh, discipline, no consequences come from it. We should, real, we should help them realize that there are consequences with wrong. This is why he mentioned the, uh, the church discipline just before this. There is consequences. But that doesn't mean that we should not forgive them. We should forgive them. It re- reminds me of a story of, of uh, two deacons in this uh, church and a small family church and and one deacon was really concerned about uh, the two because they were always at odds with one another and then one of them became deathly sick and doctor said you know you don't have that much longer to live and uh, that uh, that mediator deacon uh, he went to the hospital and he said hey I'm going to get John to come by I'm just making this name up and and uh, I'm going to get him to talk with you. And you need to forgive him. I mean, you're fixing to enter into eternity. And you don't want to uh, enter that way uh, with an unforgiving heart. And so he finally gave in. He said, okay, bring him in. So he brought him in. He said, John, I want to tell you, I, I'm sorry for what I did. And, and, of course, he said, well, I'm sorry for what I said and did also. And, and so they uh, kind of made up. But then as John was leaving the room, the one that was sick, he said, oh, by the way, John, if I do get out of this and God restores my health and I live longer, the fight's still on. You know, that's the way we are. We are in our natural state. We carry those grudges, we carry those fights, and we carry those ledgers of our, the wrongs done against us. And the Lord is saying, forget, forget them and forgive them. And that's not easy, but we're to move towards that. And then 
uh, scene two, a man with a hard heart. But that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And he seized him and began to choke him, saying, Pay back what you owe. So his fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you. But he was unwilling and went and threw him in prison and until he should pay back what he owed. We need to be reminded over and over again of what we have received, how we have received it, and most of all, that we didn't deserve what we received. And that is the grace of God. Here's a man whose debt was, had been wiped out totally. This man's burden had been lifted. You would think that this man would have had a new perspective on life, a grace perspective on life. Certainly this man should have understood the grace uh, that he had received and extended it to other people. I, there was a movie that came out, uh, Pay It Forward, and it started with a young boy who, uh, you know, uh, did something for someone else that really didn't deserve it. He just wanted to, and then that person did something for somebody else that didn't deserve it and went on and on and on. Well, this guy should have been that graceful. He had something given to him. He had been forgiven, and so he should have passed it on, but he did not. The man had been forgiven in this parable, did he, but he did not respond in grace to his worker. Instead of being gracious, this man was demanding, and then instead of being open, this man was very hard. He didn't listen to him. He didn't consider him at all. His mind was made up. This man put the chokehold on, on someone who only owed him a very small amount that could have been paid back. I mean, this slave's debt was like a tub of water compared to the Pacific Ocean that his owner owed to the king or a matchhead flame compared to a forest fire. The trouble with the uh, forgiven owner was he remembered what he should have forgotten. And we are so much like that. And he forgot what he should have remembered. And we are like that often also. He was treated with dignity, whereas he treated his servant rudely and inhumanely. Now the servant's plea was identical to that of his master, but the master was very closed to what he said. Please, more time, I will pay you back, in the Greek it says. Both of them say that. Even though the plea was identical, there was a difference, a big difference. The first could never have repaid his debt. He could have, uh, you know, he could never have afforded the amount needed for restoration. The second probably could have paid his debt back if given a chance. And God is giving Peter this picture because of the difficulties believers have at times in giving grace to others. If we were to admit that we have fallen into that category of withholding from another, then I think that we would see the grace and it would be magnified or begin to be magnified in our minds of what we've received from God. And hopefully it would change our hearts and our souls. You know, if we just think for a moment, have you remembered things that you should have forgotten? Sure you have. And forgotten things that you should have remembered? Certainly. Have you kept in your bosom the offenses done against you? 
A lot of us have. And maybe you've even tried to get even, to get revenge by making, you know, uh, sure you make that person miserable. We play those games. It may be uh, playing it by uh, acting like you're ignorant or or you're, you know, you don't remember, or, or ignoring them altogether. Or better yet, you played the game of talking about them, running them down to build yourself up. Martin Lord Jones, a British pastor, once said, whenever I see myself before God and realize of what the blessed Lord God has done for me on Calvary, I'm ready to forgive anybody of anything. I can't w- withhold it. I don't even want to withhold it. Jesus is telling Peter and other believers, when God acts like a gracious king to you and forgives you, then he expects you to demonstrate that same kind of grace before others. This is how God is glorified. Two churches were struggling to survive. They were located close to one another. And they decided, well, we're going to unite together and uh, some friends got together and they worked it out and they said this would be a, a, a real testimony to the world out there that we are uniting together in witness, service, and worship. But then after they did that, a problem arose just like that, a petty bump. And that petty bump was over reciting the Lord's Prayer. One group insisted that they recite it, forgive us our trespasses. The other insisted that they say, forgive us our debts. Now, because they could not agree, they divided. And the local newspaper ran a story on the breakup which read one church went back to its trespasses while the other church went back to its debts. Jesus wanted to teach Peter and all Christians that they are to show grace towards others just like God has shown it to them. And then the third scene. A man who had a hard lesson to learn. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved, came and reported to their Lord and all that had happened. Then summoning him, his Lord said, You wicked slave, I forgive you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? And his Lord moved with anger, handed him over to his torturers until he could repay all that he owed him. My heavenly Father will also do the same to each of you if you uh, do not forgive his brother from your heart. So the conclusion to the Lord's lesson serves as a serious warning. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? Jesus is teaching Peter and other believers that grace refused to others will be refused to you. Now you say, how's that? How can that happen? Well, if you realize that so many times we torment ourselves because we will not give up on the offense. And that person really has put us in prison. We've allowed them to put us in prison like, he, like a king turned it over to the torturers. Uh, God will turn it over, allow the person uh, to uh, torment us in the sense that, that we won't let it go. And that torments us because it destroys different relationships. 
It destroys us and our, with our personality, and we are uh, imprisoned by that. And so Jesus tells us that the issue of forgiveness is not what another person did to us, but what God will do if we don't forgive. He'll say, okay, that grace, uh, in his grace and in, in disciplining us, he'll, he'll allow us to go through this so that it will bring us back, hopefully, to uh, our dependence upon him and seeking forgiveness and and uh, also turning loose of those grievances that we have. Now, in closing the uh, curtains, things to learn about forgiveness from this parable, forgiveness is not an option. You don't have an option. God says we're to forgive. Forgiveness does not depend upon the worthiness of others. So often we say, well, they didn't forgive us, what? Uh, or they don't deserve it. It's not the worthiness of others. Forgiveness is not based on emotions. It's not how you feel. Well, I just don't feel like forgiving them, but on a decision. And forgiveness will set the Christian free. Lack of forgiveness puts us in prison, but forgiving that person will set us free. A woman who lived in an apartment visited by a man one day, asking, knocking on the door, and she was hesitant about going to the door, but she did, young lady. And she went there, and as she did, she opened the door, and she was hesitant about it. And he said, can you tell me where the manager's uh, office is? And she uh, said, yes, I can. And so she told him where it was. Then she went back in to her apartment and after locking the door, and sure enough, uh, about 30 minutes later, another knock on the door came, and she just didn't feel good about going, but she did, and she opened the door once again, and he pushed his way in, but this time he had a knife, and he told her, he said, uh, you know, let's go into the bedroom, I want you to take your clothes off, and he said, uh, I want you to lay down on, your bed, on the bed, and she looked at him in the eyes, in his eyes, and she said, uh, I'm a Christian, and I believe that God's going to protect me, and she said, so I'm not going to do any of those commands. And then she looked at him and she said, are you a Christian? Have you been forgiven for your sins? And he looked at her, he dropped the knife, his hands started shaking, and then he dropped the knife, and then he sat down in the chair and, and he began to, uh, to tear up, and she began to share with him about what Christ had done on the cross for him and how his sins could be forgiven. And so... Uh, as she did, she said, would you like to receive Christ and his forgiveness? And he said, yes. And so as he was weeping, he prayed and asked Christ into his heart. And then she said, stand up. And he stood up and she stood up and she said, let's go to the bank. And he didn't know what was going on. And so he t uh, she took, her, took him to the bank. She went to the uh, cashier and sh as she drew some money out of her savings. She handed it to him, and she said, gave him a hug, and she said, uh, God loves you, and I do too. God has forgiven you, and I have too. And if I can ever help you, let me know. And he looked at her with tears in his eyes, and he said, you are certainly a trip. And he walked off smiling. Now, if this lady can forgive a would-be rapist, we can forgive others their offenses. But better yet, if God has forgiven us, 
in our sin and our filth, in our depraved condition, we can forgive anybody with his grace for anything.